0: Welcome back to The Swamp, my friends, and welcome if you're new. Today we're going to be
1: sharing some creepy, outdoors, cryptid, and everything in between horror stories. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. If you haven't yet, be sure to punch that like button, subscribe if you're new, and turn on notifications as I upload new videos multiple times a week. Now, Without further ado, let's jump
0: right into these scary and downright strange horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. No More Camping by Draven
1: My name is Draven. It's 2am at the time of writing this, which is keeping me up. So I'm telling somebody, hoping it will take my mind off of it. I live in Idaho, but at the time of the incident, I was living in Alaska, about 16 miles southwest of Fairbanks. I lived in the middle of a forest. I loved the woods. That's why I moved out here. I was big on camping. I would always be in a tent with Barkley, my two-year-old German shepherd. I didn't have a good week, so I went camping to try to take a load off. We went to our favorite spot next to a lake about seven miles from the house. Instead of taking the car, we decided to jog. I grabbed my gear, Barkley's harness, and leash, and left. I was a wildland firefighter, so flying with weight was easy. It took around two hours. Once I got there, I first set up camp, and then we went upstream to cast a line to see if we could catch anything. I caught a rainbow trout. When I got to the camp, the tent collapsed. If you have ever set up a tent, you know they don't just collapse. You have to take the tent pole out in the hole and take every corner out for it to go down. I thought this is weird. So I set it up again and got the campfire going. I cooked the rainbow trout and it was honestly delicious. After that, I cooked some marshmallows. Not s'mores, just plain marshmallows. I don't really like that other stuff. I put the fire out, went into the tent with Barkley, and I found the sound of nature always knocked me out. I woke up sometime in the middle of the night to Barkley growling. At first, I was annoyed with him, but then I realized that the forest was dead silent other than Barkley. I grabbed my backpack and grabbed my 9 millimeter out of it because we all know one thing. If the forest is quiet, something is out there. I sat there with my gun for a couple of minutes. It honestly felt like an hour. Then I heard the sound that still freaked me out. It sounded like a caribou, but was lower and kind of gargling. I heard a stick break like it was stepped on, and that it was very close to the tent. I fired a warning shot in the air. It seemingly scared whatever was out there off. I felt it was fine until I realized the forest noises were still silent. I'm six foot three and I tried to be scary so I yelled from my gut, If you come back, I will shoot you. And it came back. It touched the tent. It was like whatever this was was taunting me. I fired at it, and it ran off into the forest, and suddenly all the noises came back again. I stayed, but the moment dawn came, I packed up, got Barkley's harness on, and got the heck out of there. We sprinted two miles and jogged the rest. I don't know what I encountered, but I'm happy it played out the way
0: it did and not the other way around. The Beast in Montana by Trailside Horror
1: I live in Montana on a small 20-acre ranch with my parents, my three sisters, my twin. My twin's name is Skye. My second oldest sister, who is also part of the story's name is Jess. I loved going on night trail rides, just at dusk. We had done this many times, so we knew these trails very well. We got our horses and set off. We were getting tacked up and ready to go and made sure we had a flashlight with us. We had reflecting bright yellow coat things, so we mounted up and started off. By this time, the sun was setting and the moon was just over half full, but we could see just fine we decided to take a roundabout trail from the barn through a big forest and back to the barn. sky was in front, I was in the middle, and Jess was in the back. A little way in, we heard a stick break. We didn't think too much of it, as we thought it was a deer or something along those lines. But a ways down, we heard one closer. We paid attention and noticed there was absolutely no noise around us. It was utterly silent the horses began to act uneasy and skittish. They wouldn't stand still and kept stepping to the side. Looking around, their ears were pricked up. Then we heard a shrill, demonic-sounding scream just to our left. The horses bolted, losing their minds. And we let them as we were scared absolutely crapless. We heard heavy, pounding steps behind us. The horses were going about twenty-five miles an hour and were gaining speed, The footsteps grew closer. Though I had turned my head around, the moonlight showed a long, skinny, bony creature with white eyes. And it was... I can't even explain it. Horrifying to look at. We turned and had just about reached a barn where it was well lit. The horses kept bolting and didn't slow down until we were just a few feet away. But as soon as we did, the steps had just stopped. We turned to look and saw the small white circles of its eyes. We dismounted entered the barn, and locked the door. We were freaking the heck out. Our parents were out of town, and our older sister was in her room in the center of the house. None of us had our phones. We waited until it was morning. We stayed up all night scared that if we left, it would get us. So we waited until we saw the sun. We quickly left, running to the house and told our sister, and called our parents, telling them But they didn't believe us. I'm worried it might hurt our horses or other livestock, If anyone knows
0: what this creature is, please let me know in the comments. I'd love to learn more and get an understanding of it. Bigfoot in the Bayou By Robert
1: Hello, I'm Robert and I live in northeast Louisiana. A few weeks ago, my friends Drew, Gregory, and Jolene visited some of my family in Washington State. Drew and I are 18, and Gregory and Jolene are 19. We packed all our stuff in late October and drove from Louisiana to Washington. We stayed for a few days, visiting my uncle and his small family. Then, Gregory suggested we camp in the nearby woods on our last night. Drew and Jolene agreed, but I needed to be more open. I don't know why. A million different thoughts ran through my head at once. In the end, I agreed. We borrowed two tents from my uncle and camped in the woods near his house. Now, to be honest, this was hardly camping. If we unzipped our tents, we could see the porch light, but just barely. That's how far away from the house we were. Also, he had no neighbors for at least three or four miles. After chilling by the fire we built, we decided to call it a night, except for Jolene, who chose to stay up a little bit longer. I figured I would stay up with her, We stayed there talking for about 20 minutes until we saw something absolutely massive stalking around. The thing is, is the thing was so massive it almost seemed like it was silent. It was about 20 yards away, and it seemed to be about 10 foot tall. We both got nervous and got in one of the tents. We woke Gregory, who quietly said, What the heck's going on? Still half asleep. Gregory grabbed his hatchet, got up on one knee, Jolene tried to explain what we saw, but it made no sense to him. Go back to sleep, y'all, Gregory said, putting his hatchet down and snuggling back into a sleeping bag. After about twenty minutes, we heard the thing walking around our tent again. At this point, Gregory was out like a light. I grabbed Gregory's hatchet and put my hand over Jolene's mouth to keep her from screaming. We suddenly realized we had left Drew alone in his tent, with nothing to defend himself. Jolene volunteered to step outside with the hatchet. She jumped right back in as soon as she jumped out. She wouldn't stop breathing so heavily. I asked her what she saw. She said she didn't know. It's just something vast and solid, black in color. I grabbed the hatchet and stepped outside the tent to see it for myself. Whatever this thing was was giant. It was looking down at our tent, and I just about peed myself right then and there. I swung the hatchet at whatever this thing was. Out of fear, I heard it scream out in pain. It ran off, and I was relieved for the moment. The scream woke Drew and Gregory, and Gregory asked what it was. But before any of us could speak a word, he looked down and saw the massive But before any of us could speak a word, he looked down and saw the big footprints in the deep mud. Drew looked down at them and whispered, Bigfoot? My cousin came running with a pistol and a lantern in hand. What the hell was that? she yelled. Gregory pointed at the footprints. I ain't never gone camping without a gun ever again, he said with a grit in his voice. I couldn't sleep again
0: until we returned to Louisiana, one creepy night for sure that I'll never forget. Okay, so I'm a 31-year-old trucker, and you can call me Diego for
1: privacy reasons. I come from a trucking family, and all of my cousins and uncles who drive big rigs down in Mexico have tons of paranormal trucking stories, as Mexico is very rich in paranormal activity. On the other hand, I don't have many stories. That is until today, at least related to trucking, that is. I am writing this a few hours after this has happened, so it's still fresh on my mind even though I doubt I'll ever forget today's events. So my run is mainly a trip from southeastern Wisconsin to southern Michigan and back. Now for context, once I enter Michigan, I get from the interstate and get on a rural country road, as my company prefers that we avoid toll roads to cut down on cost. They say the less we spend on tolls, the more we can pay our drivers. Anyway, on my way there, all is normal and everything is going well. I get to our drop yard and drop my loaded trailer for the following driver to take it to its final location. I look at my tablet and figure out what load I'm taking back with me. I hook up to the trailer and do my pre-trip inspection. Everything seems reasonable. I grab the paperwork for the load from the box in the front of the trailer and look through it. My company requires all shipments over a certain weight to be thoroughly looked at and certified on a scale to make sure the load is legal and not over the legal regulation weight. Well, I looked at the scale receipt, and this one was not, so I contacted my company, and they instructed me to grab one of the four empty trailers and take that back to southeastern Wisconsin. This will be important later in the story. I walk in front of the trailers and slap each one until I hear that distinctive hollow sound indicating that it's empty. I do this to save time and not have to walk behind and open every single trailer. Once I found one that sounded like it might be empty, I grabbed my flashlight and started to do my pre-trip inspection on that trailer making sure there weren't any flat tires and all the lights worked, etc. I walked to the back to open the trailer shining my light in there to make sure it's empty, which it was, and surprisingly, it was even swept out by the last driver, which is rare. Once all that was done, I turned on the Swamp Dweller podcast and returned to the road. About 45 minutes into my trip, I'm driving down the country road with my high beams on at least around 2 a.m. and there were no other people on the road. As a matter of fact, I have woods on both sides of the road. This is where things get a little weird. I forgot to mention that there is an electrical storm, but there is no rain and you can't hear any thunder. I know this because I always ride with my window down. Anyway, the lightning lights up the sky every couple of seconds, and I admire how beautiful it lights up everything around me. As I come around a bend on the road in the distance, I see a person walking on the shoulder of the road and as I approach him, he turns and waves as if to say hello. The person was a man. He was wearing a hard hat with neon green pants and a reflective vest of the same color. That is why I saw him from a reasonable distance away, but there was no construction anywhere in sight, before or beyond this point. And I know this because I passed through there on my way to my previous destination. As I got past him, I pressed on my brakes to illuminate the road behind me, At the same time, lightning struck up and lit up the area. I'm staring in my mirror, and this guy is gone. In a split second, he disappeared. I thought that was very weird, but I got over it and focused back on the road. About three minutes down the road, I hear three loud knocks on my trailer. I turn my radio down and and I try to listen closer, but I hear nothing after that and think that it must have just been a bump that I hit in the road. About five minutes later, I hear five loud knocks again on my trailer and think it's very weird. Now, I drive like this every single day and I'm used to it, so I wasn't tired or sleepy. I was wide awake, so I can't blame it on that. I turn down my radio and keep it off at this point and try to listen. A couple of minutes later, I hear five more very rapid hard knocks in my trailer again. As I've said, I always knock on the trailers to see if they are empty or loaded, and I recognize the sound quite well. So now, I'm worried that I missed something when I checked the inside of the trailer. So I decided to pull over to the side of the road and open the trailer and check what was in there. As I slowed down and pulled over about a second later, maybe 25 feet in front of my truck, I see a huge tree fall on the road. At this point I got scared because it wasn't struck by lightning and there was no wind. I put my truck into gear and took off because as I said I was listening to Swamp Dweller before that and I was already on edge. My initial thought was whatever pushed over that tree, I don't want to stick around and meet it. So i drove around on the side of oncoming traffic which there was none at that time of night thank god and went around the tree i pulled into the next truck stop and decided to find out what the hell was in my trailer i grabbed my flashlight and go to check i opened the door and shine my light and well there is absolutely nothing or anyone in there i get back in my truck and start driving i don't honestly know what to do giving it some thought I realized that even though I saw that man out on the side of the road as clear as day, I couldn't see his face. And as I said, when I looked back, he had disappeared. And those knocks on my trailer were getting faster and louder every time as if it was some sort of sense of urgency, as if they wanted me to stop my truck. And if I didn't stop when I did, I might have been killed by that tree. At this point, I believe it was a spirit trying to stop me so the tree wouldn't smash my truck. Well, after that, when I got back to driving... I didn't hear the knocking anymore until I got to my destination, at which point I unhooked from the trailer and proceeded to do my post-trip inspection, and again there was nothing or anyone in the trailer. So, I don't really know, I guess, thank you to the spirit for saving my life potentially, and uh, yeah, I don't really know what what to say, this story scared the daylights out of me. Thank you for sharing my story if you do, Swamp Dweller, I'm a big fan of the show.
0: Deer Monster on the Highway by Anonymous
1: As I drove down this deserted highway in the dead of night, I couldn't help but feel a sense of unease. The darkness seemed to be closing in all around me, and I couldn't shake the feeling that something was following me. Out of nowhere, a flash of movement caught my eye in the distance. At first, I thought it was just a deer crossing the road. But as it got closer, I realized it was something much more sinister. The creature looked like a deer, but it was much larger than any deer I had ever come across before in my lifetime. Its eyes glowed in unnatural light, and its antlers twisted and turned in ways that defied all reason. As the creature charged towards my car, I hit the gas pedal and tried to speed away. But no matter how fast I went, the monster seemed to keep up with ease, its twisted antlers scraping against the sides of my vehicles from time to time, sending absolute shivers down my spine. Panic set in as I realized that there was no escaping this creature. I tried to turn off onto a side road to lose it, but it was no use. The creature was right behind me no matter how much I bobbed and weaved. Breathing, hot breath on the back of my neck, as I looked in the rearview mirror, I could see the creature's glowing eyes staring back at me, and I swear this thing had a twisted smile on its monstrous face. I knew that no hope was left. I was trapped with no way out. In that exact moment, I could only pray for a quick end to my nightmare as the deer monster closed in on me with terrifying speed. The last thing I heard was the sound of its twisted antlers scraping up against the middle of my car as the world around me faded to black. The next morning, I woke up in a hospital... And I had no idea how I got there. But apparently, first responders got to me after somebody called it in, and I had been saved just in the nick of time. All that was noticed or found at the scene was a small
0: strip of deer fur. I work emergency
1: on the weekends at a very large veterinary hospital. My shift begins at 5 a.m. and I leave the house at 4.15 a.m. Although I live in a very large Midwestern city, it is always a drive-in on Sunday mornings. Very few of the city folk are out at that time. Many of them have gone to bed as it is for the weekend. That doesn't normally bother me at all. The streets are always crowded during the day, and it's a nice respite from the normal gridlock. It was a Sunday, March 28, 2020, I remember the date exactly as it was the day after the state government had issued a shelter-in-place response to the COVID outbreak. Because I worked in the veterinary medical field at an ER hospital, I was deemed essential and my routine carried on as normal. Usually at around 3am the alarm began making its annoying bonging sound, waking me up from my restful sleep. I started getting ready for work. There were dogs to feed and let out, lunch to be packed and coffee to be made. It was a typical Sunday morning before work. I left at my usual time and noticed that the roads were even quieter than normal. There was virtually no one out besides me and the occasional police vehicle to the point of it being surreal. As I make my way to work on the quiet streets, I came to a divided highway with two lanes of traffic going each way. The speed limit on that road is 45 miles per hour. Not that anyone obeys the law, However, it was dark out and frankly, I was enjoying having the world to myself, so I was driving the speed limit that day. As I'm driving down the right lane of the road, it barely registers to me, but it seems darker than it normally is at the time. I didn't put that much thought into it that until suddenly, almost like someone placed a thought in my head, I thought a dog was in the road in front of me at the far distance. I squinted my eyes and investigated the darkness in front of me and didn't see anything, so I ignored the thought and continued driving down the right lane. But then the distinct thought that a dog was in the lane before me blasted back into my head. I ignored this warning no longer and it quickly merged to the left lane. Just as I accomplished this, I looked at the right of the road. A man was walking steadily down the middle of the street, right towards me. As I passed him going 40 miles per hour, in the lane to his left, I looked over, and he looked at me. He just continued his slow and steady walk down the road my first thought was to thank god that i did not hit him then i became so grateful that i paid attention to the voice in my head but then i realized how strange the situation was there are sidewalks and frontage roads off this road plenty of places to walk and not be in the way why would he be walking down in the middle of the road in the highway why did i keep thinking that a dog was on the road when i saw nothing i kept glancing back in my rear view mirror as i continued to drive and saw no one It was as if he just faded away or perhaps was entirely shrouded by the strange and new eerie darkness. What happened next was entirely out of character for me. I usually think about situations like this repeatedly, meditating on them, dwelling if you will, but as I kept driving the whole event just faded out of my memory. I can only compare it to a dream when somebody wakes up with a vague recollection of what went down, and then it just wanes away as the day goes by. A couple of days later, I suddenly recalled the incident and began thinking of how strange it was. As I drove to work the following weekend at the same time, I paid careful attention to that section of the highway in particular where I saw the man walking. It immediately struck me that I could see if a figure had been walking there in the distance. The lights from the surrounding businesses and streetlights made it possible. It seemed much lighter that morning, although it was the same time of day with similar weather. Why, had it been so dark that weekend before, A few months later, I was at work and a client came in and observed that her last name was the same as the name on the road I had been driving down the morning of the strange occurrence. I asked her if she somehow was related to that road. She told me that her in-laws used to own the land where the road was built. I casually, jokingly told her I saw a ghost on that road or something else extraordinary. She immediately became very interested. She told me that her mother-in-law had stories of strange events on that property before it was sold. I'm not sure who that man was that night. I have no idea why it was so dark or why the whole occurrence faded after it occurred. I continue to be grateful to whoever warned me to pull over and help me not hit that person. Deep down inside, though, I knew that some good versus evil was occurring that morning, and I was being put to the spiritual test.
0: And although I don't understand any of it, I'm glad I listened to that voice." When I was 12, I attended summer camp to learn how to
1: ride horses. We were going to be away from our parents for four or five nights. I was excited because I always wanted to learn how to ride a horse due to my love for animals, but I also was nervous about being away from my family and being around strangers for that long. Most of it was amazing, and everything I dreamed of. However, the one night labeled Sleep Under the Stars is an experience that I don't think I'll ever forget. That night, we had to leave our bunks and go outside to sleep in tents. I hated tents, but everyone else was doing it so I figured I'd play along. There were a lot of activities that took place before bed. We sat by a campfire, made s'mores, and told stories. When it came time for bed, it was four of us to attend, and I could already tell it wasn't going to be fun and I was not going to get much sleep. I just could not get comfortable and was wishing it was morning. The other people in my tent seemed to pass out almost immediately, which left me sitting there trying to count sheep in the dark. There were a lot of tents in a small area since everyone in the camp was sleeping outside for one night. I was starting to get a little drowsy when I hear what sounded like footsteps outside of the tent. I was right near the mesh window of the tent because I tended to get hot and was hoping the cool breeze would help me sleep. The footsteps then got louder, but I tried to ignore them, presuming it was a counselor or one of the camp leaders. But then I felt a presence right over my tent. It was like someone was kneeling right outside the mesh window. I gathered the courage to look outside, and there was something out there. I didn't look long enough to see what it was, but there was definitely something there. It was silent at first, but then I heard whispering just mumbling and whispering for minutes and minutes without break. I couldn't really make out the words because it was so soft, but I could hear something. I thought I could hear the words, Savior, Sacrifice, Wept. I felt like I heard the words wept a lot, but like I said, I couldn't really make it out. Every so often, it would stop, and I would peek my head out of the sleeping bag to check and see if someone was there. The figure was always still there, right outside the mesh window. On and off, I could hear the whispering and mumbling all night. I tried several times to kick or punch someone in my tent to wake them up, but it never worked. Eventually, during one of the moments of silence, I must have dozed off. As scared as I was, I have no clue how I was able to fall asleep or even, even get any sort of sleep, even if it was briefly. I checked the window again, and there was nothing there. About five minutes later, I heard a loud shriek and a gust of wind. When I woke up the next morning, I asked everyone if they heard or experienced anything like I did that night. No one apparently saw or heard anything other than me. I know I wasn't asleep and that I absolutely saw and heard things that night. I don't wanna say it wasn't human because nothing gave me that idea, but what type of person would have knelt by our tent and mumbled under their breath the entire night?
0: As scared as I was at the time, I'm glad I never had another experience like that again I live in Burlington, Ontario, a nice
1: lakeside city near Toronto. This story happened to me during a school trip when I was in eighth grade. It was like a summer camp thing. We were in elementary school, which was kind of like a Catholic school. Everyone in grade eight would get to go on two trips as part of their final year at the school. One trip took place in, I believe, fall. It was usually a religious camping trip that took place about 40 minutes out of the city. By religious, I mean everyone had to participate in group activities that revolved around being a good Christian and teamwork, etc. This, of course, completely sucked as this camp was little more than just a religion class stretched into three days. The second school trip always took place in the spring and was usually a trip to Ottawa for the weekend, where we would explore the city and visit museums. For some reason, it was decided my year, we would take another camping trip instead of going to the city. We would go about four hours away to the Algonquin Provincial Park. The camp was on one of the many lakes in the park and was set up like your typical summer camp. Cabins were spread out near the lake and partially in the forest. There were also bathrooms and a mess hall in separate buildings. Also, just to explain, if you don't know what a provincial park is, it's very much like a state or a national park of the United States. As you would guess, boys and girls shared separate cabins. The girls' cabins were built on supports above the ground and were the ones closer to the lake. Our cabins were almost in the forest and built on the ground along a gravel road. I shared a larger cabin with about four other guys. Although our cabin was the largest, it was probably the least comforting. While the other cabins had actual windows and doors that would fully close and lock, our cabin looked like it was built from balsa wood, only had thin bug screens for windows and a door that would not close. I should also point out that I had no experience with actual camping, as my family actually hates it, so this was a bad first impression. This is where the creepy story begins. On the first evening, we were all gathered outside the mess hall for a fun night activity. The camp counselors told us about a hermit that lived nearby in the woods. The activity was that they were going to take us to the dark woods in groups to see where this hermit lived. This kind of caught us by surprise as it was quite random, but intriguing at the same time. As you would expect, everyone was pretty much screaming as we were led deeper into the woods with only our flashlights, looking for this hermit's house. When we finally came across this house, which was little more than just a huge log with a makeshift bed, we were led back to the camp. Although my group didn't see anything, Other people started talking about seeing someone creep around the dark woods. Someone in my cabin even said they saw blue glowing eyes in the darkness. I shrugged it off thinking the whole hermit story was made up by the camp to scare us. The person in the woods was just a counselor. Sometime in the middle of the night, I woke up to the sound of someone sprinting down the gravel road that ran to our cabin. At first, I was startled and a little creeped out but then I thought it might have been just an animal. That was until I started hearing the gravel crunch around our cabin. It was very soft, but a person. I was suddenly terrified. My bed was right beside the door and it did not lock. An animal could have easily pushed the door open on its own and walked inside if it wanted to. There was also nothing covering the screens, so the person outside could easily see in. I was ready to scream as loud as possible if someone entered the cabin. I had my eyes locked on the door, anticipating seeing it slowly open, but it never did. The sound outside slowly disappeared into the woods. Immediately, I thought it must have been the hermit. I ruled out the possibility of it being a counselor or a teacher because it was at least 3 in the morning, which was an odd time to check on students. Surprisingly, I was able to fall asleep a short while after. The only interesting part of the camp trip unfortunately was this part. The rest of the trip was dreadful. It rained non-stop for the remaining days and people from my class caught the flu from another school that was sharing the camp with us, so the bus was partially quarantined on the way back home. As time passed I almost forgot about the creepy encounter, giving it to the possibility that it was just a counselor checking in on us. The story doesn't end there though. The following year. It was my younger sister's turn to go on the same 8th grade camping trip. Just like for my class, she also had to go into the weird hermit expedition during the first night. Although she initially thought nothing of it, during one of the other days, she and a few of her friends were exploring the woods along the lake. She described seeing a small hermit-like person sitting on a log in the distance. I know this isn't the creepiest summer camp story to ever be told, but it creeps me out knowing that that hermit was actually real. And this camp that I thought was fun, and was leading a bunch of children to this random guy's house in the middle of the woods,
0: was not so fun. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true horror stories from the deep woods,
1: cryptids, and everything in between. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to slap that like button so it knows you mean business. Be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications if you're new as it helps the channel grow a ton and is very appreciated. If you're new here, be sure to send in one of your stories at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that help keep us going on a daily basis. If you're on the go but don't have YouTube Premium, you can still download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller Scary Stories absolutely free from Apple Podcasts Spotify, Google Podcast, and pretty much everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. I would love to know what story tonight was your favorite in the comments below. If you made it to the end, tonight's code word is Blue Lady. Again, that's Blue Lady. Use it in the comment. Try to make it funny. The funniest one will get pinned on the top of the comment section as usual. I appreciate you guys so much. See you guys soon with another creepy episode.